When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The best Rangers analysis with no punches pulled. This is From the Blue Seats, a New York Rangers podcast. Now, here's your host, Jimmy Vanessa. What's going on? Welcome to From the Blue Seats, a New York Rangers podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Finizzi. I hope you're having a fantastic day so far. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BlueSeats94 to interact with us and let us know your thoughts on the topics at hand. You can also stay up to date on the latest episodes and get the latest breaking news on your New York Rangers. Also, be sure you subscribe on all audio platforms and be sure to rate us five stars. It would mean the world to us. Without any further ado, let's drop the puck. How about one more Rangers-based podcast to join our show before the preseason starts? That's exactly what we got going today as I am joined by Mr. Jeffrey Krentzman of the Mind Your Pucking Business podcast. That's with a P, by the way, not an F. Please do not get that confused. But Jeff, what's going on, my man? Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the show. How's everything with you? I'm great, and I'm excited to be here for sure, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Anytime. The pleasure is all mine. It's always nice to chat with former uh, fellow or fellow Ranger fans, I should say, excuse me, as uh, I basically want to put the entire offseason conversation to bed at this point because preseason is just in a few short weeks and I am stoked as hell. Hockey is finally coming back. I know NFL is back as well. I know you guys talk football in there as well. If you want, we'll get into a little football as well because we do have a sister network out here called the Pigskin Podcast Network. Shoutouts to them. They do awesome work over there as well. Maybe we'll squeeze in a little bit of Giants Jets here and there, but we'll see how the show goes. But this is a hockey podcast. Let's get hockey out of the way. So I mentioned putting the offseason to bed and we're going to do that. So before we do though, I do want to get your thoughts on how last season ended. I want to put that to bed as well. Obviously, we know what happened. Seven game series against the Devils. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to relive that again. But let's let's just give me your overall thoughts on last season. And did you think that they had any business in the playoffs to begin with? Well, I think uh, one of the words that comes to mind with the season as a whole was just inconsistent, right? You had peaks and valleys. You go back to... 
that December run where they couldn't win a game. Truber throws the helmet. It wakes the team up. Um, you know, peaks and valleys, whereas the year before was a pretty consistent positive trajectory through the regular season. And and those inconsistencies plagued them in the playoffs, right? I mean, that first round, you, you, you couldn't have had a better game one and two on the road. I mean, you really couldn't. Uh, and for them to then uh, play the way they did in the remaining um, five games in the series, losing four of the five, um, uh, you know, certainly a disappointment. I think whenever you get in the playoffs, and we had this discussion on our show this morning, actually, um, I think when you get in the playoffs and you have a goalie like Igor, uh, a first-round exit is not okay. I mean, it's not a, it's not the goal, and you have to be 100%. looked at as a, yeah, it has to be looked at as a disappointment. I, I can think of some cases where. You know, you're you're a team. You sneak in the playoffs and you lose in the first round. You're happy to be there. You're building on it. You build, take from the experience, but not not this Ranger team. So the word I would use is disappointment. No, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I know some Ranger fans are calling it a failure, considering the fact that those fans had Stanley Cup expectations. And for the most part, I do understand because this team is primed to win a Stanley Cup. But to be honest, if the big guys don't show up, then it ain't going to happen anytime soon. I've argued this for the past month now, or the past couple of months, ever since they lost that series to the Devils. And with all the playoff heartache that they've endured over the past God knows how many years, and it'll be 30 years since their last Stanley Cup, and I think Ranger fans are starting to get a little impatient here. And to that I say, prepare to be more impatient because... Again, if the big guys don't show up and you keep relying on Igor Shesterkin to do everything, then what's the point? What's the point of putting these Stanley Cup expectations on your team if the only person that's going to carry you on their back is Igor? It's not fair to him. No, I, I, I mean, it's not. You know, any goalie needs offensive support, right? You can get goalies that can steal you a game in the playoffs, maybe a couple games, the elite goalies like Igor, but they're not going to steal 16 wins, which is what you need to win the Stanley Cup. So, um, you know, for the Rangers, it, it, someone brought up a good point uh, on a show that I was on a couple weeks ago, and it's like, look, you want hockey to come back. The second hockey comes back, you just want it to be April. You want to get to the playoffs, right? Because as Ranger fans, we know. I mean, you got to get there. There's no guarantee they're going to get there. But you almost want to fast forward in a time warp to see if some of those guys that you mentioned – finally do show up in the playoffs. The Panarins of the world, the Zabinijads, et cetera. 100% agree with you. 100%. So we go from last season to this offseason. I actually want to get your official grade on the Rangers offseason here in a little bit because you have a bunch of great signings in my personal opinion. You have guys like Blake Wheeler, Riley Nash, Nick Bonino. An underrated signing, in my opinion, and Tyler Pitlick, a bottom six forward who provides depth and is excellent on the penalty kill. I really like that signing for the Rangers. A bunch of great signings, a big one in Jonathan Quick. And by the way, the key here is that I kept saying it, and I'm going to say it again. They're all one two-year contracts worth just under or a little over $800,000. So it's minimal risk with the potential for a high reward. And hey, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and there's no need to panic because you didn't spend a boatload of money. So I give I give Chris Drury a lot of credit here. He pushed all the right buttons. Now, will it work on the ice? Who knows? But on paper, it looks very, very promising. This Rangers team does look a bit different. It does look a little bit older. I will say that. 
But based on the offseason, what grade would you give the Rangers here? Uh, I'd give them a high grade for the exact same reasons you mentioned, right? Low, low risk deals. You're not doing the seven year deals that are going to cripple your cap on the back end of deals. Um, all of those guys have potential high upside. Blake Wheeler is, is 36 or 38. I forgot, but he's older, right? So the expectation is not high, but maybe he can find flash in a pan. He's playing for another contract, right? If he doesn't do well here, right. he's probably done. So he's got incentive. I think Nick Benino is extraordinarily underrated as signing. He's a guy that I agree. face-offs. He's a guy that can penalty kill. I would agree with you that Tyler Pitlick can be underrated for similar reasons to Benino. I like it. You know, sports fans, unfortunately, want you to go out every free agency and sign the marquee name. It's not July 1st, 2019, where you were going to get Artemi Panera or something like that. That's not what this team needed. So right. I think for what they needed and their cap situation, they also were able to re-sign Miller, Lafreniere to very, I think, cap-friendly deals. I think they did a great job. I, I don't know that I would go as far as to say an A, but I could certainly mm -hmm. say maybe a B plus, you know, up in that range. I think they did very well. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, me personally, I did give them I did give them an A only because of the fact that Chris Drury didn't spend a whole lot of money on these guys. It's a minimal risk situation. I need to see it on the ice. So it's not a full A plus yet. I get I gave them a solid A. I hope that I'm proven right, but We'll see. I could be wrong. It could be. It couldn't work out, and I could give them an F for the season. Who the heck knows? Anything can happen in the well, sport of hockey. What, as what the, a, well, go ahead. Go ahead. What, well, I was going to say one other thing with that. When we grade the Rangers and the offseason moves, uh, part of it's got to be Peter Laviolette. I mean, you know, what, right, uh, right, exactly. Coach. So you know, I'm not a fan of the move, but I certainly understand the people that are. I, I see both sides of it. So my grade is also factoring in on from an offseason point of view. Uh, the head coaching hire as well. I mean, listen, I get where you're coming from, but in my opinion, I would much rather put up with Peter Laviolette than the other guy they were targeting, John Hines. I mean, at that least Peter Laviolette has playoff experience. At least he has a Stanley Cup ring. John Hines hasn't done jack squat in the playoffs. I don't trust him. His systems have been terrible. Neil has been telling me he was terrible with the Devils. I haven't watched him enough with the Devils to know that for sure. But Neil's been telling me he's been terrible. Apparently, Nashville fans did not like him there as well, although he did lead into the playoffs three or four seasons, and those playoff years were an absolute disaster. So Nashville didn't like him. The Devils didn't like him. So, I mean, look, I feel bad for John Hines. I don't want anybody to lose their job, but... I would much rather take my chances with Peter Laviolette than with him. I'm sorry. That's just me. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I think Peter Laviolette, the argument for Peter Laviolette is that there weren't a lot of other candidates available. Like it wasn't a very exciting free agent class of coaches this year. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure. I, I was not one to sit here and say there was a better option. Um, right. I, I was of the, I was of the camp that wanted Mike Sullivan to get, released by Pittsburgh because I thought he would have been a very good fit here. Same, but, but, same. But that obviously was not to come to fruition. <laughs> I would have loved Mike Sullivan on the Rangers. I also kept hearing Mike Babcock. I did not want no. any part no. of him. I do not trust that man. Look, he's with Columbus now. I wish him the best of luck. But with the Rangers, hell no. Keep him as far away from that organization as possible. I, for, for some reason... Look, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he means well, but there's just something about him that 
I really don't trust. I don't know what it is. It, it could be just because he doesn't have that X factor to light his players on fire. Maybe it's that, but just something about him I don't trust. Yeah, no, I was not. I was, same thing. Uh, Mike Babcock, you also got to remember some of the accusations that were accused of him five years ago off the ice. You don't want that. that too, drama, yeah. you, you don't want that around the team. He, he's he's also been removed from the game a couple years. I mean, he's not. He works in Columbus because Columbus has a bunch of young players and the expectations are so low, right? Mm-hmm. So for, for so for management there, John Davidson, who we all know, to be looked at and said that was a good hire, he doesn't have to achieve much. Mike Babcock, whoever gets the New York job, is going to be measured whether he wins the Stanley Cup or not. You have the highest ceiling possible. <laughs> Definitely 100%. And listen, I like Blue Jackets fans, but... I'm sorry. I I really do not expect much from the Blue Jackets at all this season. I love their young team. I think they have potential. Just not this season. I'm sorry, but it, it just ain't happened. But anyway, we're getting sidetracked here. Let's get back to the Rangers talk. Because you mentioned Alexi Lafreniere and the new two-year contract that he signed with a little over $4.5 million. I like the deal for the kid. I do. But me personally, I think this is a prove-it type of deal because, let's face it, he's the number one overall pick for a reason, and he really has not lived up to that as of yet. I really want to see that happen for him within these next two years. If it does, then we'll look back on the steal and say, okay, we made the right decision to draft him. But if this deal does not work, would it be safe to say that this kid is a bust? I'm not going to say I'm not going to go that far, but what do you think? Well, I think it depends on why the deal doesn't, if it doesn't work. Does the deal not work because he's still on the third line and he's expected to produce number one, uh, you know, uh, talent numbers on the third line? Well, then it's not his problem. However, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if he's giving a lot more, if he's giving more ice time, which you've got to believe Chris Drury and any coach that he interviewed said, look, you got to play the kids more. This is a prerequisite of anyone taking this job. If Alexi Lafreniere is given more ice time, still doesn't deliver. I don't know that I'd go as far as to say bust, but I because it's only two years and he's still young. You got to remember that. But right. I, I think it would certainly be fair to say that things are trending in a disappointing fashion for him. It is a prove it deal, right? If if he if two years from now he is in the same boat in terms of production. I, you know, you got, you got to look really long and hard. Chris Drury is going to have a tough decision to make because you're not going to commit a lot of money in a cap strap team to a guy that has been in the league six years and hasn't really produced much. This episode will continue after a word from our sponsor. Can you believe we've had seven months with no NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, it's a good thing that's over because, because the NFL, the NFL is, is, back. is back. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what's in store for you. Download the app now and use our code THPN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code THPN 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. 21 plus in select states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Board in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Please play responsibly. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in select states. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. That's a fair point. And speaking of the lines here, I actually happen to have in front of me line comparisons from last season to this season. And I know we talked a little bit about this uh, off the air a little bit last week, but I still want to get your thoughts on it here. So you have from opening night last year versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, which was October 11th of 2022. This was the opening day lines. First line. You had Kreider, Zabenejad, and Papokako. Second line, you have Panarin, Trocek, and Kratsov. Kratsov obviously is no longer with the team. I believe he's – is he playing overseas now? He's in Russia, yes. He is in Russia. Okay, I just want to be sure I was getting my facts straight on that. And good luck to him, by the way. Wish him nothing but the best. Third line, you mentioned Lafreniere. He was there with Filipino, who, by the way, at the time of this recording – it is his birthday today, so happy birthday, Filipino, 24 years young. I really am looking forward to seeing another bright season from that kid. But third line is Lafreniere, Hedl, and Barclay Goodrow. And then the fourth line was Jimmy Vesey, Ryan Carpenter, and Ryan Reeves, who I miss wholeheartedly. And then defensively, you obviously had Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox, uh, Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba, and then... Uh, Jones and Schneider, and then the goalie tandem of Shesterkin and Halak. Halak obviously no longer with the team. He left via free agency. But now you look at the projected lineup for opening day against the Buffalo Sabres, which I believe is October 12th. First line, Kreider, Zabenejad, Kako. Okay, that remains the same. Second line, Panarin, Trocek, and Blake Wheeler. Very interesting there. Third line, Lafreniere, Heedle, and Jimmy Vesey. So Vesey would get promoted to the third line, which I find to be very fascinating. I'd be curious to see that. But Vesey would move from left to right on the third line, so that'd be a very interesting move. And then the fourth line, you shift Goudreau to the left, as opposed to him being on the right on the third line. So you shift Goudreau to the left on the fourth line with Bonino and Pitlick and then defensive pairings, you have Lindgren and Fox still. You have Miller and Truba. And you have Eric Gustafson and Braden Schneider. And then the goalie tandem of Shesterkin and Quick. Now, again, obviously, these are projected, so nothing is set in stone as of right now. But what would you change about this if this was true? Um, so my hot take is this. Uh, I, I would like to see a, a top line of Lafreniere, Zabinajad, and Kako. I, I think it's I think you, there's a you want to you want to see Alexi Lafreniere on the 
first line. Wow. All right. I go do. Ahead. So, so a couple things. I think the odds are pretty high that Kako is going to get the top right wing spot. So I think you know for sure that Zabinajad is is obviously your number one center. You got Kako on the right. The left right. wing odds are going to be that Chris Kreider is the favorite. I understand that. Alexi Lafreniere, to me, as we kind of talked about a couple minutes ago, Jimmy, needs to be given some form of top-line minutes or top-six minutes. You're not probably going to move Panarin up to that line. I mean, you could. Um, I would like to see Lafreniere get it. Now you say, well, that moves Chris Kreider down to the third line. Chris Kreider just was a 50-goal scorer about 16 months ago. Totally fair argument. But you know what the beauty of this is in any line discussion? Things are not in cement. They're not set in stone. Mm. You can change and adjust anytime. Give Alexi Lafreniere a confidence boost right out of the gate in the season under a new coach and a new system. That's going to be a forechecking style and say, you know what? We're putting you on the top line. Go prove yourself. You have a new deal. You have a two-year deal. You know you've got to prove yourself. We're giving you the opportunity to do it. That's what I would like to see. Um, as the rest of it, I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy VC, to be honest with you. I don't really want to see him anywhere above the fourth line at all. Jimmy VC, what people seem to what people seem to forget about Jimmy VC is Jimmy VC last year when he played his way out of the Rangers, no team would sign him. He came here on a professional tryout, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a sign right away that you know 32 teams look at him and say, I don't even want to offer him a contract. There's a reason why. Jimmy VC is one of these players that for whatever reason, since he came out of Harvard, people think that he has all this this high ceiling. He never comes close to it ever, wherever he is. So, I to me, putting him on the third line is a mistake. He's a fourth line guy. Let's not you know go crazy with that. Defensively, I think Eric Gustafson could be a surprise to people. He could be solid in that five six spot. Obviously, your top you know your top four are solidified with Truba Miller. Uh, Lindgren and Fox. So I think Gustafson's there. Jonathan Quick is an interesting situation. I go back and forth on it. You know, we had a clip that we put up on Instagram that people went ballistic about. And I said, look, you know, hey, Quick can be okay. If you're a backup goalie to Igor Shosturkin, your plan is to play 20 to 25 games a year. Any backup goalie to, to Igor Shosturkin, if you go 500, right? If you go 12 and 12, you go 12, 12 and 1 or whatever it may be, that's fine. That will get you in the playoffs. You just can't tank as the backup goalie in the games you don't have your starter. Exactly. So, so I, I think I think it's fine overall. I, I'm not. I'm not a. I, I like the way they have it set up, but I am curious, like you and a lot of other Ranger fans, Jimmy, to see what they're going to do with the line combinations, particularly the top six. Mm, yeah, that that top six is going to be very interesting. Let's just hope that. Peter Laviolette doesn't do any last-minute line adjustments like uh, Gerard Gallant's been doing for the past two years and confused the hell out of all of us. But that's beside the point. Anyway, though, now that we got that out of the way, I want to play a little bit of a fun game called Over Under with you because I have in front of me the top guys here on the Rangers and their stats from last season. And I want to get your thoughts if you think they will go over or under the amount of points for this season. Are you ready? Yep. Let's roll. All right. First guy. We're going to start with the big fish. Artemi Panarin. Over or under 92 points? Under. Under. Wow. All right. That's a fascinating argument there. I mean, I could see it because, you know, obviously 
he's an assist machine. We all get it. So is there a chance that his production could decline? I'm not going to say massively, but there is a chance it could a little bit this year. But I'm actually going to go the over. I think he's going to get 95 this year. I think he's going to be three points higher. I, I, I believe that much in him. I just want to see him come through in the playoffs just once, once. Please, can but, I see something? But that number, the difference there is that number does not uh, encompass the playoffs. He could go over. And, you know, the argue, You know, here's the thing. If you were going to sit there and say to me he's going to go over, why is he going to go over? It's because Laviolette's system is better tailored to him, which it might be, right? Puck in the offensive zone. Puck's on a stick more. He is an assist machine. So he could be over. But 92, he sets that. that's a high bar to set. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's a very, very good season. doesn't mean he can't do it, but – if I had to take a guess, he goes under. It doesn't mean I think he's getting 40 points, but I don't know that right. he's going to get – I don't I don't necessarily know he's going to get 92 again. I don't know, man. So, something tells me he's going to go over, but we'll see what happens there. Next guy, Mika Zibanejad, over or under 91 points. Whew. That's a tough one. <laughs> Got you thinking there a little bit, huh? You know what's tough on that is he's so streaky that guy, and it's yeah. like, if, and it's like if he was if he was consistent, it would be over. Um, I'm going to say under only because he may be plagued a little bit by a lack of consistency with who his line mates are. I'm of the notion mm. we're going to see changes a lot throughout the season to find the integral fit. And I'm going to say because of that, it's under. But similar to Panarin, I don't expect a massive drop-off. But I don't think he hits 91 again. You and I are in lockstep on that one. I'm going to take the under as well. I think that Zabinijad is going to get in the early to mid-80s in the point mark this season. So you and I are in lockstep on that one. I will take the under as well. Adam Fox, over or under 72 points. Mm. Um, but it's, I'm going to take the under. Here's why. Wow, Un- under again? He, he, wow. He get he gets a lot of points on the power play, and one thing that I think Laviolette is going to do, which Gallant didn't do, is use his full second power play more. So mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Fox gets. Per power play, a two-minute power play, a little bit less time on the ice of the two minutes, and that will bring it down. And again, I'm not saying under thinking he's going to drop from 72 to 53, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say under because he's going to have less, a little bit less ice time on the power play. That's a fair point, and uh, I disagree, though. I think I'm I'm going to take the over here. I think he's going to get 80 points. I think he's going to go off this season again. And he might be in the conversation for yet another Norris Trophy. That's just my personal opinion, but we shall see. Next guy, Vincent Trocek. Over or under 64 points? Um, the... The I want to say under, but the argument for him on the over is that he plays with Panarin, 
right? Mm. And he puts him in a lot of scoring chances where he gets the puck. Um, you know, I hate to be devil's advocate. I'm going to go under. Oh, my God. Yeah. The fourth, the fourth straight under. Damn, man. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, man. But you know Again. what? Here's, but here's the thing. With, so with him, with, with Trocek, if we're right and we don't, you know, no one has any idea. If mm-hmm. um, if Wheeler is the right wing on that line, the ceiling is high, right? Like if, if Wheeler lives up to his contract, which isn't hard to do at 800000 and helps that line right. with Panarin, it's an easy over. I'm of the notion that Wheeler's 36 years old and isn't going to be able to do much. But I'm going to take the under. Wow. I mean, <laughs> once again, I disagree. I'm going to take the under, not by a large margin. You're taking the under or you're taking the over? Over. Over. I'm over. sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not by a large margin, though. I think he's going to get anywhere between 65 or 68 points this season. Again, not a large margin, but I will take the over for Mr. Trocek. I got two more for you. Okay. Chris Kreider, over or under 54 points? Over. Wow. Finally an over. Thank God. I agree with you. 100% agree. Yes, over on that one. Yeah, I I think Kreider is going to get at least, at least 60, maybe 65. Yeah, I, I could see a scenario where he beats that number by a lot. I agree with you there. Last but not least, actually, no, I lied. Now I have two more because I want to discuss the guy who we keep talking about in this episode. Lafreniere, over or under 39 points? Over, over. It better be over. I agree. I that, agree. That, if, that, if that number is not over and he gets more time off of the third line, we have a major problem. 100% with you. Hundred percent, and if and if that is an actual bet in Vegas, that would be that would be my my best bet for the Rangers. Like if you said I had to, you know, gun to your head, I got to make a bet on the Rangers over under who you taking? I'm taking Lafreniere at thirty nine because I think with you, I think he could slaughter that number. He he may not. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but he's got potential there to slaughter that number. Agreed, agreed. And last but not least, Philip Heedle. Over or under 45 points? Over, because his trajectory, he, he took, he t- and I'm not saying that because it's his birthday today, as you said. Uh, <laughs> he, he, has, he has shown in the last two years consistent growth year over year, okay? And if, if he's going to continue to do that, and he's young, he just turns 24 today, he is certainly capable, especially here's where that bet could be a really good bet for you. If he is the second line center and not Trocek, which we don't know, he's probably not. Right. But he could be, right? If you're a second line center at 24 with the way he's improving at 45 points, that's an easy over. Easy. With Panarin on your line? Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. We are an absolute lockstep on that one. All right. So to sort of wrap things up here. Oh, actually, one more thing before we evaluate where you think the Rangers are going to finish in the Metro this year. Mr. Patrick Kane, I'm very curious about your thoughts on this because 
I like him. Three-time Stanley Cup champion, Hall of Famer. I didn't like the fact that the Rangers basically traded for him for a bag of chips and a remote control because he basically provided you with little to nothing. Now, granted, it was only half a season or not, even half a season, basically a cup of coffee with the Rangers. Who even knows if he's coming back at all this year? I know he had the um, the hip surgery, and I hope he's recovering well. But that's primarily the reason why I didn't want Patrick Kane on the Rangers is because I don't trust him health-wise. I mean, think about it. 35 going on, 36 years old, you're going to tell me that you trust this guy's health going forward? I'm sorry, but I don't. Um, So I agree with everything you said. He didn't bring a lot uh, for sure. However, if the Rangers are – and here's why this is a very difficult question to answer. When he's able to be signed, which probably isn't until November or beyond, you don't know what position the Rangers are in. Has anybody been hurt? Has offensive production been a problem? It's hard to sit here and say definitively what the landscape or the mindset of the Rangers will be then. If Chris Drury at that point in time can find a way to get him a deal for maybe the veteran minimum, then it's worth the risk, right? Maybe he is healthy. But if but if he's going to look for a long-term deal, which I think he's going to do, whether there's an NHL GM that's going to do that with that injury and age is another question. Mm. If you cannot commit to him beyond this season, if you're going right. to do it. I don't have a problem. Look, if you get the veteran minimum at that point in November, you can fit him under the salary cap. Why not? It's fine. Right? Whatever. I'll take a flyer. There's enormous high ceiling there. But um, I just don't think your expectations in signing him can be high, and I don't think it can be long-term. 100% with you. We we pretty much been in lockstep on almost everything we've talked about except great, for the over-under game. Great minds think alike. <laughs> almost. Anyway, that's beside the point. But to wrap up this episode here, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and I thank you once again. To wrap things up here, where do you have the Rangers finishing in the Metro Division this year? And do you think they will make a deep run in the Stanley Cup playoffs if and when they get there. Uh, I think I have them finishing third in the Metro. I think I, I would Same. be I, I would be surprised if the, if the top three in the Metro, not in any particular order, or Carolina, the Devils, and the and the Rangers. The problem there is this: if you if you finish second or third, which is probably where I think the Rangers are going to be third, you've got to play either Carolina or the Devils. Uh, my concern with the Devils, I think the Devils have the best top six in hockey. I think they're well coached, but my concern with them, if I was a Devil fan, is the goaltending. I mean, it really is. I am not sold on Akira Schmidt whatsoever. The Rangers did never didn't test him in that series. Uh, Vitek Vanacek, you know, was very spotty at times. When he's on, he's on. You saw in the playoffs when he's off, he is off. So um, I'd be concerned that. I, I So I have them finishing third, and I have them playing the Devils again in a rematch, which would be fun. Um, where do I have? Do I have them making a deep run? I'm going to say this. The term that we use on Mind Your Puck in Business, and I've been using this term for four years, is window of opportunity. Your window to win a Stanley Cup is only open for so long, and then it closes, right? And then you go a couple years, and it opens up again. If this group, as it is now with their core, whoever you want to define their core, maybe you want to say it's the older guys that have been a Jed Panarin, maybe you want to say it's the younger core of Fox or Sturkin, right? Mm. But this group as a whole, their window is closing. So if you're going to make a deep run, it better be this year or next year. It really better be. Yes. So 
Can they make a deep run? Of course. Would I be surprised if they made the Stanley Cup Finals? No, not at all. No. But to, but to me, if you're asking me in September to predict, which is basically just throwing a dart at a dartboard and hoping you get it right, I would say they, they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, which is not acceptable, right? You're going to say that Ranger fans are going to say, oh, well, you know what? They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's a that's a positive thing. It's not. It's Stanley Cup or bust. As you said in the intro, Jimmy, and you're right, it's been 30 years, right? I'm, t- I'm tired of Eastern Conference Finals. I'm tired of going to the, the Cup. Just get a Stanley Cup. Thank you. Thank you. 100% with you. Look, I think the Rangers finished third as well. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I have Carolina winning the Metro again. Devils finishing second. Rangers finishing third. And I do want to get into this a little bit here, actually. That wild card spot, I actually have the first one. I actually have the Pittsburgh Penguins in that first wild card spot. The second one, I have the Islanders. And here's why. Pittsburgh, with the acquisition of Eric Carlson and that big trade they did with the three teams, I think it was the Sharks and one other team that was involved. The Canadians, thank you. I think this is Pittsburgh's last chance. If they do not at least get to the Stanley Cup final this year, they might as well just pack up Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Crystal Tang's bags and blow everything up because they're not going to do a damn thing if they don't do it this year. That's just my personal opinion. As far as the Islanders are concerned, I think the Islanders are going to have a slightly much better season than last year, considering the fact that they made the playoffs on the last day of the regular season and they got bounced out of the first round. Do I expect much from them offensively? No, I don't. But I do expect a lot from them defensively and goaltender-wise. And because of that, I will take the Islanders for the second wildcard spot and Pittsburgh with the first wild card spot. What say you? Uh, I'd agree with you on Islanders. I think people are sleeping on the Islanders. You got to remember they have a goaltender that's in the Vesna discussion. So whenever you have a, a goalie that's in the Vesna discussion, how do you sit here or not even give them consideration for the wild card? You know, exactly. Sense. So um, I like that. I like that. I think, uh, you know, Barzell is healthy for them. Lane Lambert, the coach there, has a now a second year of experience under his belt. Bo Horvat has got to get more adjusted. I mean, he's got to be better. Um, so I, I think people are sleeping on the Islanders Pittsburgh. I don't know that I agree as much. Pittsburgh doesn't have a goaltending, right? You can score, you can score in this game. You could have Latang, who's, you know, older, you could have Carlson, you could have Crosby and Malkin who are both older. You still have Jake Gensel. You can score goals, but I don't know that you can keep the puck out of the net. I mean, I really don't. Uh, could they get the wild card? Yeah, but I have a very hard time seeing them going far because now that goaltending issue has to win 16 times in the spring to get you the cup. And I don't know that they're going to do that. But I would agree with what you said, that it is their last gasp with, with Crosby and Malkin. So Kyle Dubas, who just got the job there, I thought the Carlson trade was great because it sends a message to these guys, look, you've got another shot at this. This is your last chance. Give it all you got. So I think they'll be competitive for sure. But I think at the end of the day, right, I mean, Tristan Jari is not it's not a Stanley Cup winning goalie. I mean, No, he's no, he's no, just no. not. No, no, I, I'm with you there. I guess the reason I'm saying that is because I trust Pittsburgh's offense more than I trust the Islanders' offense. That's why I have the Islanders as the second wild card and Pittsburgh as the first. Look, their, their goaltending is suspect. I will give you that. But let's be honest. Do you really expect anything from the Washington Capitals, the Philadelphia Flyers, 
the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, come on, look look at the rest of the division here. Well, the, the Who only else thing do you trust. Well, the only thing with the wild card, though, is remember it comes from both divisions, and and the Atlantic Division might very well be the best division in hockey. People oh, are 100% sleep- agree. Pe- people are sleeping like crazy on the Boston Bruins because they don't have Bergeron and Krejci anymore. You still have Pasternak. Well, 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 well I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Jeff. I apologize. But that and given the fact that they absolutely laid an egg in the playoffs last year. You had a 3-1 lead on the second wildcard team in the Florida Panthers, and you blow it? But that doesn't on, mean – but that but that doesn't equate to them just all of a sudden dropping out of the discussion to even be in a wild card, let alone a regular player spot. You have them. That's true. Uh, Toronto is very good. Ottawa is much improved. Buffalo is yes. going to be much improved. Devin Le- Levy. You still have Tampa, and you still have Florida. That division is crazy. I mean, it really is. And Montreal, look, they're not a playoff team, but they're going nope. to be better. Some of these young guys, Cole Caulfield – uh, Colfield, um, Suzuki, that division is, I, I mean, I have a hard time thinking that they're not putting one or two of the wild cards in the East coming out of that division, but we shall see. I'm I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm not sleeping on the Atlantic division. Me personally, I still have the Boston Bruins winning that division. That's just my personal opinion and Tampa right behind them, but we'll see how it goes, but definitely keep an eye on that division for sure. But Jeff, this was so much fun, my man. Thank you so much for hopping on here. And I will be looking forward to having you back on my show for the rest of the season as we talk all things hockey. Thank you so much, my man. Thank you for having me. And again, great job with the podcast. I stream it in the car from time to time on uh, my little Apple play through my uh, my dashboard. I'll always love the insight. It's good stuff. And uh, keep up the good work, Jimmy. That means a lot, man. Thank you so much. He is Jeffrey Krinsman of the Mind Your Pucking Business podcast. Go subscribe to these guys on all audio platforms as well as on YouTube. You will not be disappointed with their knowledge of hockey, football, everything. Everything they have, they discuss. Anything you want to discuss, they will discuss with you, even if it's not hockey that'll wrap it up for us on from the blue seats a new york rangers podcast thank you so much for tuning in if you enjoyed this content make sure that you subscribe on all all audio platforms like this man did our very special guest jeffrey and i gotta i gotta thank you for that personally man because i was not expecting out of all people for you to leave a review that 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 really does mean a lot man thank you it's good stuff like i said you do a good job your perspective is always on, I think. We, you know, we agree a lot, as you said before. But I also think that some of the topics that you talk about are really good. They're kind of like the hot topics, kind of discussion-worthy. And uh, I always like the arguments. I really do. Even even when I don't agree with you, uh, you do make me a believer in the other side of the equation. So thank you, and uh, keep up the good work. Hey, dude, again, seriously, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you again for everything and for the review as well. Again, I'll be looking forward to having you back on again. And hey, the beauty of sports, we don't have to agree all the damn time. But anyway, if you want to be like Jeffrey and Anna, who left us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, rate us five stars and we will shout you out in a future episode. Also, be sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BlueSeats94. Use the hashtag BlueSeats to keep the conversation going. Let us know your thoughts on any and all the topics that Jeffrey and I discussed. And let us know what you think of the over-under game. Should we keep that going 
the rest of the season. For Jeffrey Krentzman, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is from the Blue Seats, a New York Rangers podcast. Go Blue Shirts, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Peace! <laughs>